Hey, this is Josh, and welcome to our Grace Church podcast. We are so excited to bring you this conversation today. We think that the next few minutes will stretch your thoughts, focus your prayers, and help you to better understand how God is moving among us. At Grace Church, we are all living out our ancient faith in modern times together. To find out more about what's going on on our campus here in Ocala, please visit us at graceocala.org. Enjoy this podcast. Hi, this is Father Jonathan, and we're starting today again with another conversation on our Prayers of the People interview. And today I have with me our school superintendent, George, who we pray for every single week by your first name. I'm so grateful that you're here today, George Tom, and thanks for stopping in and being with us. Um, We'd love to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, that's been part of what we've been doing with all these podcasts as we invite those that we pray for to come in and tell us about their lives, how they got to this position, why you're passionate about education, anything that you would like the folks who listen to this podcast, the folks who go to Grace Church to know. Um, but first of all, just thanks for coming in and being with us here today. Thank you very much for the invitation. I always have the, love the opportunity to talk about um, Ocala, to talk about Marion County, and that's that's a lot of good things for me to talk about. <laughs> right on. Well, tell, tell us first what got you into ed- education, maybe even long before you got to um, – the uh, superintendent position, uh, I was told today by uh, fellow pastor Ted Strawbridge that I should bring up again your, your marvelous high school basketball career. If you want to talk about that, I, I don't know how many lay- layups you made. We, but. we are not going to talk about <laughs> my basketball career or whatever we do. We're going to talk about the fact that both of my parents were teachers. Nice. I think that's the biggest deal here. And I was born and raised here in Ocala, Florida. I am 62 years old. The only time I have ever lived away from Ocala is when I was a freshman at Stetson University and then when I was a junior and senior at Valdosta State College. So I've lived here all of my life, essentially. So even and then, I mean, at Stetson, you were hardly even gone then. I, mean, I was the gone for a year. I enjoyed down it. the road. I was, I was supposed to go there because my father and brother had gone there. I came back to the junior college and, and thoroughly enjoyed myself here and then went on to Valdosta State. I came back after graduating from Valdosta and began teaching at first at Osceola Middle School and then at Lake Weir High School and then had the opportunity to become an assistant principal at Dunellen High School, then an assistant principal at uh, Vanguard High School, and then I had the great opportunity to become an elementary principal at Sunrise Elementary School, and then I served for nine years as a principal of Forest High School, where your wife is yep, going to be teaching right. next year. Very excited. Uh, then I spent seven years working with Superintendent Jim Yancey, supervising and monitoring principals here in Marion County, and then I was elected to the superintendent position in 2012. So just about all I know is public education. Again, and both of my, my parents were teachers. Where we sit today, Father Jonathan, you know this used to be the Marion County School Board office. And uh, today, the Marion County School Board office is located where I went to elementary school. That was Central Elementary School, about three blocks from here. And actually, my office is my first grade classroom. Wow. We've done some remodeling in that area, but every morning I walk in and say hello to Mrs. Hall, my first grade teacher. I then, of course, went to Osceola uh, Junior High at, after that time and then graduated from Forest High School. So 
education is what I've always done. It's what you I, sleep, I, breathe, I wo- eat. I woke up to it every morning. I went to sleep every night, and I still do that today. My wife was also a teacher for 35 years here in Marion County. My, my two girls, they're grown, but they're products of the Marion County public school system. So we live and breathe it. Are and they the, teachers, something too? I, something I enjoy. Are your kids teachers, too? No. I Good. Could, I, Break it. it. Break stop. the cycle. I could, I could not convince them to be <laughs> teachers. I think they would be very good teachers were they in that. That's awesome. So it, it sounds like it would be a shorter list to, to talk about the places you haven't taught or been to school. Is that, is that true? <laughs> I don't know. We have 51 schools here in Marion wow. County, so I haven't been at all of them for sure. <laughs> sounds like I it. have now as superintendent, and then as a supervisor, supervisor of principals, I've visited all of our campuses. And I'm very proud of what we have here in Absolutely. Marion County. We have 43,000 students thereabouts, about 6,000 employees, three, half of which six, about 3,000 are, are teachers, and the other are support personnel ranging from transportation, maintenance, food service, secretary, or whatever it might be. What's the average annual budget oh the average budget the overall budget yeah. is just over a half a billion dollars 505 million dollars last year that's a tough one to talk about the easiest one to talk about is about 320 million dollars that's our general operating budget okay. Okay. and that's where people want to where my tax dollars go sure. where my local tax dollars they go into the, the general operating it's still budget. a huge responsibility so huge mean, all, those respons- all those uh, employees all those children all that money so much all falling on your shoulders well, I share that. Uh, yeah. and, and, yes, I understand that I'm the superintendent, and often I'm seen as the school system, mm-hmm. but I have a fantastic team. I inherited some great people. I brought along some other good people when I became superintendent. And just in the area of finance, we have a finance office, of course. I have a wonderful deputy superintendent of operations right now, Teresa Boston-Ellis. She is the finance person. She has other people that work under her. And so I don't create the budget mm-hmm. by myself. I could never do that. I could never create the curriculum opportunities that we have. We have a K-12 academic services department that does that. We have a student services department. We, we have a transportation department. We have a food service department. And we have great leaders in all of those areas. The trick is coordinating all their efforts. And I think that, that we certainly do a good job of doing that also. And that big word, teamwork. Yeah, that's right. And I, I got to imagine that you wouldn't want the job that you have unless you were passionate about it. No, I, absolutely. Absolutely you not. You want this to be great. I, 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 That's I, I, why you want that job because it's an elected position. It's a tough position to get. It's a tough position to have. You get slings and arrows whether you want them or not. So you wanted that. <laughs> yes, and but I will tell you this story. A few months after I was elected, I was asked any number of times, well, George, you got elected. Do you like the job? And I could not say that I liked the job. And it took me a couple of more months to realize what I really wanted to say. And that is that I enjoy going to work. I enjoy the challenges that we have. I enjoy very much the people that we work for. And I enjoy what we do with young people. I think we have a powerful impact on where this country is going, certainly on where this community is going. We have a powerful impact. And even though we only see students for about six hours a day. That's 25% of their time. That's right. But none in their first five to six years of life when most of their uh, being has already been established. Right. But, so it's, it's a big challenge for us. And, and I accept that challenge along with my brothers and sisters in the education business. Wow. That is, that is a, a daunting task that you have willingly put yourself into. I love it. I love when um, people say, uh, when they look at that mountain and they say, you know what? I'm going to go for that. Um, I'm going to do we, that thing. we got a lot of mountains here, John. <laughs> That's a, a fact. That's a fact. Well, as I told you before we started the podcast, uh, as I'm telling each of the folks that we're doing in the Prayers of the People podcast, we pray for you every single week by name. 
Uh, it is our joy to pray for our school superintendent. We've done that for many years now. Uh, it was actually, I don't know if you remember Mac Dunwoody, but it was Mac Dunwoody who came to me week after week after week and said, Father Jonathan, we have got to pray for our school superintendent because he had that job at a very tumultuous time here in Marion County. And uh, eventually Mac just wore me down and I said, okay. And so your, your name came into the mix and we began to pray for you. So I want to ask the very simple question right off the bat. Uh, what is it? that you would like prayer for. How can we be praying for you? We pray for you, like I said, every week, but I think as folks get to know you, as they get to understand your story, and as you tell us what you would love us to pray for, we want to do that. So how can we pray for you? And I anticipated that question, and I appreciate you asking it, but, I'll, but I'm going to answer it a little more broadly. Okay. And I think what I would like to, to see you do is to pray for our community. Okay. And there are so many parts of our community, and yes, our school system, the public school system is one part of that, and yes, I am the superintendent of the school system. So when you pray for me personally, as you do, I hope you're also praying for all of our teachers, all of our school community, and then all of our overall community. And I know you have some other people that you brought in here also, and I'm not exactly sure what their answers are, but I would imagine, I would venture to say that many of them talk about our community and the great place that we live. And uh, so that's what I would ask for. We have individual challenges. Uh, perhaps pray for good communication. Mm. Uh, perhaps pray for understanding. Between who? Like Between for... all of the various facets that we I represent, see. from teachers to students to parents to employees to school board members to administrators, whoever they might be. You put 6,000 people in a room and you give them two, 24 hours to interact, and there are going to be some issues that arise. And a half, so a, mil- half a billion dollar budget, yeah, you're going to have some different opinions there. So I ask, I ask that you pray for effective communication, mm-hmm. effective patience, uh, understanding, cooperation. The, I've already used the word teamwork. I think that's a huge word to pray for also. So when, when you pray for George Tommen, please be thinking about all of those things also. Oh, gosh, what a joy it is to pray for that because I think you're right. That's exactly what we want to pray for. And we do every week because as our community grows together and we get stronger, everybody wins. The rising tide Absolutely. lifts all boats. Absolutely. And, and that's the, the advantage for all of us. What um, You've had the, the post now, Superintendent, for a while. Uh, I see that you're running again for the office, so clearly you like it. Uh, what do you like? I enjoy about? it. Yeah, right, I right, right. It. My bad. My correction. Very well said. You enjoy it. What? Tell us. Uh, tell me a couple of things that you're quite proud of. Things that have happened that you think, yeah, we. we the, I did my the, job well that day. One of the one of the biggest things that I'm most proud of is is what I would call our portfolio, our 13 year plan, our our goal to have something good for every student by the time they finish high school, and our graduation rate of our public high schools is just about 90 wow. percent. This we've been calculating graduation rate on the, from using the national standards for four or five years now, and that standard is that once a student enters the ninth grade in the fall of their ninth grade year, they graduate in the spring or early summer four years later. And if a person graduates in that time time frame, then they are considered a graduate. The uh, graduation rate in the state of Florida is about 77%. The graduation rate in Marion County of all of our schools and public schools, and we serve, that's our alternative schools, our charter schools, the prison uh, schools. We have four different school sites in our jail and prisons. Are you in charge of those as well? Yes, we have. We have people who go to those facilities wow. to teach. And I don't. That's not one of our fifty-one schools. Okay. But those are sites where we do teach. So all of those publicly funded places where we deliver education, we have an eighty percent graduation. 
rate. Now, if you look specifically at the seven public high schools that, that we call our public high schools, those have over an 89, I think it's 89.6% graduation rate. And we always round up when you're That's fantastic. In to me, that's fantastic. That's and when you couple that with the fact that we only have a dropout rate, and you think they're, they're, you think we might have a 10% dropout rate, but that's not accurate. Those who don't finish is only about 2%. So that means there's another 8% that graduate outside of that four-year window. They take another summer, they take another semester, or another year to graduate. And so we're very, very proud of our graduation rate. So that, that's what we're very proud of. I'm also very proud of the fact that we've been able to exit the recession uh, continuing to do good things for our kids, offering great programs for our kids, offering modest raises for our, for our employees. Uh, this recession, and, and it will go down historically as the second worst, I think, recession or depression in, in certainly the lifetime of the United States. It was tough. And I, you mentioned Superintendent Yancey before. That's got to be one of the toughest times that to, to lead a school system. You mentioned Mike Dunwoody during the de- days of desegregation. I can't think of two worse times than those two guys. Possibly World War II or World War One. huge issues like that. But we have exited that, we think. Now, Marion County, as you well know, is not completely on the mend. We still have issues here. Our country still has economic issues, but we have been able to move forward with that. We continue to put a balanced budget. We continue to have our internal savings grow somewhat here in Marion County. We know there will be a rainy day, and and we manage those those funds very carefully. So I'm very, very proud of that. And then thirdly, I will say that I think we, we provide great opportunities for kids. Uh, regardless of, of where you are, whether you're a special needs child or an honors child at the high-end magnet programs or any student in between, we have great programs for kids. We're preparing a lot of kids for graduation and whatever their next venture might be. I have often called a, a graduation diploma a ticket. It's a, it's a good ticket to go to the military, to go to the world of work, to become a, a, a husband or a wife, to go to a technical school, to go to a state college, or to go to a major university. It's a ticket, and, and we do that. And along the way, we provide a lot of students with what we call industry certifications. These are short-term programs that we put students through anywhere from three months to a year where they can come out certified to go directly into the world of work. Uh, Are those things like over at MTI? We have industry certifications at Marion Technical Institute and also at all of our high schools. And we even have industry certifications at some of our middle schools now. So uh, industry certification is a big thing. I mean, you get a high school diploma. And you're also certified in Microsoft Office, or right. you, you get sort of you get a high school diploma. You're also certified in some port, port of something like logistics or something like that. And we have a lot of that. And I'm very very proud of what our kids come out with. If I can just tell you as an encouragement, uh, this happened in my family. My oldest uh, biological daughter Eliana went to um, Vanguard, and she was in the IB program. And uh, once you get farther enough in that, you don't get uh, electives anymore. But in your first couple of years, you do. And she took she signed up to get an elective in guitar. And did not get it. Uh, apparently, that filled up too quickly, and she got stuck in a class called video production. And she was greatly depressed. I do not want to do this. I don't like video production. But she had a teacher named Mark Rice, who uh, knew a few things uh, about video production, had an Emmy uh, to his name, and set a fire in her about video production specifically. That right now she and and then the Marion County Schools paid for her to get certified. Uh, and Final Cut Pro, which is an editing software. I know nothing about it, so don't ask me anything. But she got her certification. The, the Marion County paid for it. 
which apparently is a big deal in the video editing world. I don't know what that means, but great. <laughs> Congratulations. But because she was certified, she is now, right now, an intern in Washington, D.C. for the PBS station there doing their video editing. Right. And that's a direct result of Mark Rice, of Marion County's investment in her, and they even footed the bill for her to take that test. Well, let's talk a little bit about what she was exposed to. She was exposed to a great teacher. That's right. And many of us can go back throughout our public school or collegiate career, wherever we might have gone, and we I hope that we can go back and we can pinpoint a teacher or teachers or coach or someone in our school system that had a powerful impact. And I think we can. Your daughter can now look toward Mark, uh, and and he he does a fantastic job. I first met Mark when he was a cameraman for Channel 2 News Mm -hmm. uh, out of Orlando. He would come up here and and do various things. And then we were fortunate enough to have him for a few years at – at, at Vanguard High School. Unfortunately for us, he's still in Marion County, works with, with a private company now here in Marion County. But I think that many, many times that we forget that that single teacher, that single moment in time has a powerful Im- impact or can certainly have a powerful impact on, on, a, on a student. Life-changing. And, and it happens every day in our school system, every day. How many of those stories do you get? I, I hear them all the time. Uh, I, I hear them. I'm not going to give you a number because I right, don't know. Sure, sure. But but I I have a I've been here in Marion County for 39 years as a teacher and administrator, and I have so many people come up to me, and they, it comes from either end. I know your mom or dad, mm-hmm. or I miss your mom or dad, mm. or they would say to me, Mr. Tomlin, do you remember when you did this to me, with me, for me, or whatever it might have been at Lake Weir, at Dunellen, at Vanguard, or wherever it might have been. One of the one of the funniest ones that I have here. Is very well, Last year, we had an assistant principal opening at one of our elementary schools. And there was a young lady interviewed for the position, and she did a great job of the interview. She had great references. She's been in our system for five or six years. And she said, and, and I found out that, that she was going to be nominated for this position. I was very comfortable in doing this. And, and she told someone that I was her principal. And I, when I reintroduced myself to her after we'd made the decision to offer the position, I said to her, okay, Ashley, I do not remember. Was it at Vanguard or was it at Forest? And she said, it was at Sunrise Elementary School. <laughs> I, was, I was in the third grade when you came to Sunrise in 1995. She went on to school. She graduated from one of our public high schools, went on to school, been working for us for four or five years, and now she's an assistant principal and on her way. That, that's the kind of story that, that's really kind of cool that I really like. I bet to see that legacy that you've had of impact, just to be a part and walk alongside of these folks as they have success. What a joy. It certainly is. It certainly is. Just to see all that. What uh, what do you uh, besides the economy that you've already mentioned? What are some of the challenges that you think the school board, or not the school board rather, but the school system that our children are facing? Uh, again, I would say this under the rubric of uh, we're a praying church. We want to pray for these things. Uh, what are the things that you think we're facing that we need to really just lift up that that are, that are hurting folks? Well. It- I don't know if it's as personal as your your question alludes to, but certainly we have a, a challenge before us in trying to expose all of our children appropriately to the new standards that we are being required to follow by the state of Florida. And I'm a very big supporter of that, don't get me wrong, but our standards are very difficult. It's no longer do we memorize the alphabet, regurgitate the alphabet, and we get an A. 
And no longer do we just do spelling words and write a sentence with a spelling word. We're asking our students these days all across the United States and certainly in, in the state of Florida to tackle pretty tough standards. We ask students to read difficult text. We ask students to compare difficult tests. And we do this in the elementary school grades, not just in senior English or senior social studies classes. And so we have to, some tough standards, and we are exposing our students to this because we know that in order for United States students to be world-class citizens, they have to reach these standards. So that that's a huge challenge so the, for the, us the, right the now. The idea behind it, then, sorry to interrupt you, is to say that when these standards exist and our children can succeeded them, we know that they're not just going to compete in Marion County or in Ocala, but they're going to be able to compete in Pennsylvania, Absolutely. in New York, in California, and hopefully on the world stage That's exactly. with the same uh, level of education that they're giving in uh, South Korea, in Finland, in Japan. Uh, I know they're constantly rated as number one in their school systems. And so what you're saying is that these standards that are being put in place help our children to succeed at the same level that those kids are succeeding at. Is that correct? That is exactly right. And there's one other thing we need to add in there. The United States is a land of opportunity. Let's not forget that. And we give that same opportunity to all of our students regardless of their ability or their disability. And many other nations in the world do not give all of their students the same opportunity. We understand that not everyone is going to be able to be valedictorian of a high school, but we want everyone to succeed as far as they possibly can go. And our system in the state of Florida, Marion County, and in the United States is not to track students or once they get to 12 years old, if they can't do something, you've got to go over here and dig ditches the rest of your life. Our system continues to keep kids in our system, and that is a huge challenge for us because by the time we have a 17 or 18-year-old, we have such a wide variety of abilities in our high schools, and that is a challenge for our teachers. So the tracking that I think you're referring to, if I understand it correctly, I think that's what the Germans do, correct? I don't know what other okay. – I know, and we have done this here in the United States. We, have, we have tracked as we, well? We, we've done many things okay. like that before. You get to a certain level and you say, oh, okay, George, you're never going to amount to – you're never going to be a rocket scientist, so you go over here and, and you're going to be a truck driver or a garbage right, collector. Right. There's nothing wrong with a truck driver sure. and a garbage collector. But George never has that opportunity again. In the United States, at least, we continue to give George and all the other Georges in the world the opportunity and the challenges to, to excel and go as far as they possibly can. What, uh, it's so much to say about that. In, in that what a gift. What a, what a, a chance for anybody oh, who wants to take it. People bloom at different times. Right. That, if George was tracked over here to be a, a, a garbage collector at some point in time, perhaps... He had something, a bad home life. Perhaps he was a delayed learner. Perhaps he doesn't, didn't catch on as quick. But if we continue to give him the opportunity, maybe he can become a, a, a truck manufacturer mm-hmm. or, or an engineer mm-hmm. or something. And, and that's what we do in the United States. We give people the opportunity. Which then puts a, a pretty big burden, I would imagine, on our, our school system. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're not, we don't turn anybody away. We take anybody, whether they can speak English or not, whether they're tall or short, whether they're brilliant or challenged, whatever it might be, whether they're physically uh, disabled or whether they're a superstar athlete, they all come through the public school system. No one is turned away. And they get that chance, and then what they do with it, that's on them. And so these standards that you're talking about is gives these folks who want to try, who have the ability and the opportunity to step up and say, okay, I've 
I've succeeded at these standards, and now I can play at a, at a much a, a much larger level, but I also know that I belong at that level because I've, I've met Absolutely. a standard that everybody else is at. Absolutely, and those students are going to get that ticket, that graduation from high school. Then they're going to go to a trade school and get that ticket and get a job, or they're going to go to university and get that ticket so they can go on to graduate school and get that ticket, whatever they might want to do. And it's a, it's a progression, and, and it's it's a land of opportunity. Come on, I hate to say, use that terminology. I was an old history teacher, but that's exactly what we continue to do here. Okay, and so as these standards are being applied to our kids, how do you see they're doing? How do you perceive that that, that standard being applied to this county is going? What would it, you say? It, it is. It how, is what's our success? I mean, it, it not is, just numerically, but I would even say in a broader sense as people, because what I'm interested in very often is the whole person, not just the intellectual academic side. And I think you are too, but I get to spend more time there maybe than you do. Um, so how do, how do you think we're doing on that? On these standards, I, I think we're doing doing quite quite well. We we measure those standards by taking one assessment uh, or one or two days of assessments in the springtime. Our school district is is rated a C district, an average district in the state of Florida. But it's really quite interesting when we look at academic success. It's a direct correlation to economic uh, and socioeconomic uh, status. Also, we did it. We did a presentation for our school board the other day, and our uh, uh, our guidance and counseling assessment person had a map of the state of Florida. And the A districts, there are only three in the state of Florida, wow. were three very affluent beach communities. The B school districts were all the coastal areas, the other coastal areas. And the C school districts and the D school districts, for the most part, were the interior counties of our state and if you look at the economic status of those particular communities that's exactly what we see is happening so unfortunately our standardized assessment test really is a good measure of our economic stability Mm -hmm. and our socioeconomic status so we're an average c average district i'd like to be an a i'd like to be at the top of the heap and we have our challenges here but but father jonathan you know you and i drive pretty nice cars we're sitting here in a very nice building uh, we, we have a nice home that we go home to. But the fact of the matter is here in Marion County, approximately 80% of our children are on free or reduced, of our school children are on free or reduced price lunches. That means they may not have a good meal in the evening or on the weekends. We have one of the lowest parental college education rates in the state of Florida. I think the national average I heard the other day is 30 or 32 percent. The state of Florida is 17, 18, 19, maybe as much as 20 percent. And Marion County is considerably lower than that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But those children some do not come from homes where parents are college educated, as in many of these other communities, where parents are not affluent necessarily. They're working two and three jobs. They don't have time to help their children with homework or support the educational mm-hmm. process. And so those are the things that, that we are battling also. These are great kids. Don't, take, don't get me wrong. For one minute, all of these students can learn when given the opportunity, right. and we, we focus on that word opportunity and giving them that opportunity. What would you say to parents, and this, I don't mean this is a loaded question at all, but what would you say to the parents, perhaps in our county, who are more affluent, but then say, you know what, I don't want my child who has the ability to succeed and do well to be among these other kids who don't care as much or aren't from the same situation that I'm in, and they want to put their kid in a private school. Because um, I think, in my opinion, this is you know Jonathan speaking here, that it, it lowers the overall environment that we're in 
uh, in a way that's not helpful. So what would be your response without obviously vilifying those who can either afford or choose the private school option? Private schools and parochial schools have always been an option for parents, and many have chosen that. There's no doubt about that. Homeschool is another option right. that people are choosing now, which is a, is a growing movement. Uh, we also have the charter school movement that's a growing. They're actually supervised by a public school system, but it's a growing opportunity. I look at it from, from the aspect of our regular public schools are a snapshot of our entire community. I would prefer that my children grow up understanding the haves and the have-nots and those in between. And, and understanding that they're going to sit next to someone. They're going to learn to stand in line. They're going to learn to raise their hand when, when they need to, to be called upon. And I would want my children to be exposed to as many different walks of life as possible and then encourage them to be successful as I know they should be. It's such a hard choice for all parents as they look at their kids and what's the, I mean, the best interest of their child. It is, and, and, I, and I applaud parents who, who, who look for, at different schools. We have parents that shop within our school system, and that's, I applaud those parents who do that. We have parents who shop within our public school system and also with parochial or private schools. I, I don't have any problem with that. We have to be real careful, though, and, and when we use a, a comparison of those schools because we truly can't compare those schools because parochial schools and private schools are not held to the same assessment standards hmm. that we are as a public school system. And I'm and you can say XYZ private school is a great school and I'm not going to argue with you. I'm also going to say that our public schools are good and I'm going to say that those those students do not have the same assessments that we have. So we really can't be we can't compare what value or what kind of education they're getting. I'm, I'm sure they're doing a great job. Sure, and sure. I'm not going to argue that. They're trying as hard as they want. Well, I really appreciate you uh, clarifying so much of this. If there is um, a way that somebody can um, get in contact with you, find you, how would you like them to get in contact with you? Someone who's listening to this podcast and they say, I want to reach out to George and thank him, or I hated what you said and I want to tell you about that. <laughs> what would you – it may just give them my email, I guess. But what, uh, what would you – would, how would folks get in contact with you? Anybody can reach me. We're certainly very active on our website. The Marion County Public School System has an active website. My contact information is on there. I would love to hear from anybody uh, because we I, I, that's the only, only way I'm going to grow. I was asked recently, uh, what, what is one of my strongest characteristics? And I think one of my strongest characteristics is listening to those around me and trying to learn something from everybody that I encounter. So uh, if, if someone wants to get in touch with me, my email address is probably the best. I may not be able to respond within a, in the time frame that you want me to. I, I've got a busy job, but I will certainly do my best to respond to you that way. Great. Thanks so much for that, George. What's that website address, the Marion County School one? Do you know it? I don't it has all those know dots. The, and don't tell me. Yeah, all right, never mind. Never Google mind. Marion yeah, County Google, public, Google. public Schools. That's, <laughs> That's this exactly is America, right. Jonathan. This uh, you're is America. exactly right. Google, well, and that, you know, in my world, uh, Google sometimes even replaces God. I, you know, I don't want to ask God. I'll just ask Google, and I think that's there's not the way to go here. There's a better way. Um, again, George, thanks for coming in and being with us today. If uh, you found this podcast helpful, We'd love for you to share it with the, the folks in your community. We're so appreciative of those who are reviewing it on iTunes. If you, don't, if you haven't done so, please take a minute and uh, give us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear feedback from you. So if, also, if you want to give us your thoughts and, e- and email us with what you think and other topics that you'd like for us to discuss, please do so. My email is jonathandfrench at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And don't su- forget to subscribe when you hear this podcast so that you can be the first to hear it. Thanks. God bless. We're so glad that you've been a part of our conversation today. We hope that you will take what you've heard and share what you've learned. 
Again, if you'd like to learn more about our church community, please come find us on Facebook, on Instagram, or online at graceocala.org. Go in peace. Thank you.